I guess it could have been worse. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Zach Seiko. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. In today's episode, we are going to recap Penn State versus Northwestern, starting off by just going through all the statistics, how, how everything came to be. And later on in this episode, we will talk about the implications of this game and what it means for Penn State and other breaking news that happened from Saturday. So Penn State won 17-7 over Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern falls to 1-4 overall and 1-1 in conference. Penn State is tied at the top of the Big Ten East, now 2-0 in the Big Ten, and 5-0 overall. Uh, Penn State has been ranked number 10 in the AP Top 25 and coaches' polls accordingly. And it's about time that Penn State's in the top 10. Given the way that they've been treated by the, the voters... They deserve to be in the top 10, even after a game like this. Sean Clifford was 10 of 20, 50% completion percentage, 140 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, his first interception since week one against Purdue on the road. Freshman running back Nicholas Singleton carried the ball 21 times for 87 rushing yards and a touchdown. He had two fumbles. We will talk about that more in our second segment here on today's episode Catron Allen ran the ball 21 times for 86 yards and had one fumble as well. The difference between Singleton and Allen in this game was that Singleton did get into the end zone, and that was just a good extra effort play by Singleton to spin his way because he was stood up before the goal line. Kevon Lee factored into the game as well. 10 carries, 40 yards, no touchdowns, did have the one fumble. Uh, combined together... Four fumbles uh, on 58 carries, 220 yards, and one touchdown, an average of 3.8 yards per carry. In the passing game, Parker Washington caught four receptions for 73 yards, no scores, was the leading receiver by far and Sean Clifford's favorite target. Britton Strange had one catch, 20 yards, and a leaping touchdown. He, I mean, he was on springs when he went into the end zone for his lone catch of the game and that's how they Penn State jumped out seven to nothing that was really the story on offense all the turnovers uh, Sean Clifford was a little inaccurate uh, missing some wide open guys I blame a slippery football honestly like the weather conditions were bad if you watched it or if you were there uh, the conditions were not ideal for either team on defense Penn State continues to do what it does best. It forced three turnovers. That is now 11 takeaways in three games. Fun fact, actually, about the defense in this stretch they're having. Penn State has forced 11 turnovers in the last three games, and that is the most in any three-game stretch since forcing 13 back in 1996. They forced five against Northwestern, five against Michigan, and three against Michigan State in that time frame. Whether it's Manny Diaz, the talent, or the level of competition, I mean, the defense has risen to the occasion, and they've needed to. 
the offense has slacked off a little bit, uh, both against Central Michigan and, and now against Northwestern this past Saturday. Uh, against Purdue, the offense looked good. Against Auburn, they looked excellent as well. Uh, but the defense has had to force those turnovers. P.J. Mustafer led the way on defense with eight tackles. He just he blew up the line of scrimmage. He has been a big factor. That knee injury, that leg injury that he had a year ago, I, it's it's non-existent at this point. The recovery, I'm I'm just impressed with how far he's come back and how quickly. Jair Brown led the team and the country in interceptions a year ago. Picked up another one. He also led the way with six tackles. Nick Tarburton had, uh, while he only had one tackle, it was a big difference maker for Penn State. The forced fumble on a strip sack and had a fumble recovery on a different play as well. I've said that Nick Tarburton's been relatively quiet along the defensive line, and this time he was not. They, he made big plays when they needed him to. Linebacker Curtis Jacobs recovered a fumble. It was the one that Nick Tarburton forced. And the secondary collectively defended eight passes, knocked eight balls from Ryan Holinsky to the ground. The defense overall had two fumble recoveries and an interception. They did lose the turnover battle, but that wasn't the defense's fault. You can only, I guess, force so many, and they forced 11 in the past three games. But how about the run defense? I've been critical of the defensive line for not getting enough sacks, but honestly, the way that they defend the run is unmatched at this point. They held a Northwestern team that had four starting offensive linemen return from last year. I know they're a bad football team, but you had that kind of offensive line coming to Beaver Stadium. Peter Skaronski, who's the starting left tackle for Northwestern, is going to be a top 15, at least a top 15 pick in next year's NFL draft. They held Northwestern to 31 rushing yards as a team on 28 carries. That is a little over one yard per carry. Credit where credit is due. The defensive line, even if they're not getting home on some blitzes and passing situations, they are at least eating up space and not allowing easy plays to happen right in front of them. And it'll be something to be watched because Big Ten football is this kind of play. It's going to be ugly weather. It's going to be teams that ground and pound. No, they don't play Illinois this year, but Michigan operates that way. They got to be ready for it. And I think the defensive line stepped up dramatically in this game. And special teams. Jake Pinnaker did make the field goal in the rain, so I'm impressed with that. That was about 38 yards. Uh, he was one for one, and he converted both his PATs. So clean game for him in very, very bad weather. Barney Amore, he needs to be recognized nationally for what he's doing. Four punts inside the 20 against Northwestern. And another fun fact about what Barney Amore is doing, Amore has knocked 12 of his 23 punts inside the 10-yard line this season. And that's a percentage of 52.2, which leads the country. I think it's time to start calling Penn State punter U. It's not as flashy as linebacker U, I get that, but now you've gone from Blake Gilligan, who's in the NFL with the Saints, you had Jordan Stout just last year, who was by far the best punter in the country, even though the media did not recognize it, but in terms of talent and in terms of production, he was, even though he didn't have all the stats because he didn't rugby punt every single kick. Look at his net average for yards, and you'll see that he was the best punter last year. He's with the Ravens and was the first specialist taken 
in this past NFL draft. And now you have Barney Amore, who was a walk-on, earned a scholarship. Chad Powers, Eli Manning, presented him with that scholarship. And now he's leading the nation in punting categories. So I don't know if it's James Franklin or the assistants that he has, but they have an eye for scouting talent at the punter position. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, that's the boring side of Penn State versus Northwestern. Getting all the statistics and the recap out of the way. Now, the reaction to it. What this means for Penn State Uh, How does it indicate what they're going to do for the remainder of the season? It's Locked On Nittany Lions. Welcome back. It's Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Here is my reaction to Penn State versus Northwestern. Frankly, I'm not concerned. I am not concerned in the slightest with the result of this one. I thought that it was just a really ugly game. Seeing it firsthand in the stadium... The fans left at the first half. Honestly, some of them even left after the first quarter. It was just nasty out. I had the benefit of being in the press box. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying that I didn't have to sit through it, so I completely understand. And sometimes you have to win ugly. Last year's team would not have won this kind of game. I know how bad Northwestern is, but last year's team would not have won this game. You can go into it, play very conservative, and run the ball now with a Nicholas Singleton and a Catron Allen and a Kevon Lee. I know how many times they fumbled. Northwestern put the ball on the ground three times. They only lost two of them, but they still fumbled three times. Weather was awful. The football was slippery. And for the freshmen, get this out of your system now. Get these turnovers. Learn from it. I think the next two weeks, they are going to be carrying the football around campus like Jahan Dotson used to do. Still does, actually. He carries a football with him everywhere he goes, and he's a Washington commander in the pros right now. This is Big Ten football its finest, at its finest, and Penn State showed that they are ready because it's going to be like this for the rest of the season. Nasty weather, teams that just want to run it down your throat, and Penn State was ready to go, and, and they returned the favor. Last year, they couldn't do that against the likes of an Illinois or a Wisconsin, and now they can. And they don't face either of those two teams this year, but just think about it. If this was last year's Penn State team, I'm almost fairly certain Northwestern either would have A, made it really close and went down to the wire, or B, honestly come up with a win and leave Beaver Stadium pretty happy. 
As for the fumbles, I mean, every running back fumbled. So it's not like somebody had a bad day and it's like, you know what? Just get out of here. It's not your day. We're going to give it to somebody else. Chalk it up to the slippery football. And Penn State only had one turnover coming into this game. And they turned it over five times. You had the interception from Sean Clifford, pressure in his face, threw off of his back foot in the no man's land. And a Northwestern defender happened to be there. Uh, But the fumbles... Whether it's raining or not are inexcusable. I just, if th- this is the opportunity to correct those mistakes, because you cannot do this against a team like Michigan. You cannot do this against a team like Ohio State. They will burn you, they will make you pay. So if you're going to do this, I'm glad you did it against Northwestern. The defensive line had a hell of a game. Honestly, this was probably their best performance collectively throughout the season. They've been a little limited, uh, not as many sacks, not as much pressure as you would like, but a team a team effort that won them the line of scrimmage up front. It starts with those first four guys, and whether or not they were making the tackle, they were eating up space and clearing the way for the linebackers to clean everything up. P.J. Mustafer led the team in tackles, so he was very active. He didn't even allow the linebackers to do their job because nine times out of ten in most defensive cases, do you ever notice how defensive tackles never lead the league in tackles or never lead in sacks? That is because that is not their job. Their job is not to get pressure after the quarterback or be big run stuffers. Their goal is to eat up space and basically take on double teams and allow for the linebackers to come in and make the plays. That's why linebackers have all the tackles, because a defensive lineman's job is to eat up space, take on double teams, and allow for other guys to make plays. Well, when your defensive line's making plays the way they did on Saturday, that means they're better than what you need them to do. Maybe they don't have the best pass rush, but that's fine. They are really good at stuffing the run, 28 carries, 31 yards. They held Evan Hall to 45 rushing yards. So that means all the other guys had negative rushing statistics. So Evan Hall was the only guy that had some production for Northwestern out of the backfield. Everybody else was toast. Cam Porter, I know he's coming back from injury, but he's an electrifying player. They ran him specifically out of Wildcat packages, and Penn State was all over it. Now, why did Penn State only beat a sorry Northwestern team by 10 points. This team was thinking about the bye week in Michigan. I know what everyone says. Well, we, we we're focusing on this opponent and want to know and yada, yada, yada. We're not looking. Subconsciously, you are. In the, back of your, in the back of your head, you are. There is no reason Penn State wanted to be in this Northwestern game when there are more important contests down the road. Why would they want to play in a rainy game against this kind of Northwestern team? Sure, if you lose to them, this really sets your season off. But how much do you gain from beating them other than that 1-0 record? They moved up one spot in the rankings. The game for Penn State that they have circled on the calendar is Michigan, and you are going to see that. That's why I'm not concerned. These are college-age kids. This is an emotional football program. That's the way that James Franklin likes to conduct this team. And he recruits players that have similar personalities to him. This is an emotional team. And they are going to ride the highs and lows of that emotion. So you're going to see that on full display in Ann Arbor in two weeks. 
You can tra- you can count on that. Trust me. Coming into these kinds of games, the teams know the spreads. They know what what the game is supposed to be projected to, right? Don't think for one second that that isn't on their mind going into these kinds of games. Pat Fitzgerald isn't using that to motivate his team. Hey, you guys are four touchdown underdogs to Penn State. Let's go into their house and beat them. They know the spread. They use that as motivation. And when from the Penn State perspective, you're like, huh, we're, we're 28-point favorites. I know the spread closed at 25. Um, but at one point in time, Penn State was a full 28-point favorite. Penn State's going to feel pretty good about itself. They're earning some respect from the public, from Vegas, whatever. Whatever the case is, the perception of Penn State is now that they are a legitimate contender in college football. Who knows about the playoff? That's yet to be seen. The true tests are Michigan and Ohio State. That's besides the point, and we have plenty of episodes to cover that here on Locked on Nittany Lions. But Penn State can sit back, you know, hey, we're not being judged anymore. We're not being underestimated. Why do you think they went out there and smacked Auburn? Because they were only a two-point favorite, a three-point favorite in that game. And they weren't getting the due justice. They weren't getting the due respect that they felt they deserved. And now you have that. And so when you go into these kind of games, you just naturally will let your foot off the gas pedal. And that's been the case of the past two weeks against a Central Michigan team and against a Northwestern team. These teams were never a threat to Penn State. Penn State knew that. And also, on the other side of it, whether the, the subconscious factor of, oh, your, your mind is in the bye week or your mind's looking towards Michigan, you are not calling your best plays against Northwestern. You are saving all of them for Michigan and Ohio State. So on top of the fact that you're already going in without that same edge that you would in a big primetime game, you don't have the artillery to back it up because you want to save it. it. It's it's about chess. It's not checkers. It is chess. You want to be able to have your best assets going into the most crucial games against the best opponents. Why would you want to use all the trickery, all the stuff that you haven't shown for Northwestern when, in fact, you are a almost four-touchdown favorite? Northwestern, they are a bad football team. But Pat Fitzgerald knows how to motivate the troops. I will give them credit. They forced five turnovers, but you still lost by two scores. This Wildcat team is in for a long season. They got the win against Nebraska in Ireland, and we know how bad Nebraska is now. Nebraska actually just beat a lowly Indiana team, so kudos to the Cornhuskers. But this is a Northwestern team that honestly might only win one game, maybe two at best. I don't know their schedule inside and out, but... Penn State snuck out of there. It was an ugly game. Teams in the past, at least from the past two years, would not have been able to do this. Now that they have the running back room that they do, the offensive line looks so much better. There's balanced play calling. They can win these types of games, and it makes me feel better about the ones that they're going to get into with a Michigan or an Ohio State. Because when it's close and you have the lead, you don't want to be putting the ball in the air. You want to be able to run it consistently and get around that four yards per carry mark. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. We are sponsored by BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. 
BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. I am your host, Zach Seiko of Locked On Nittany Lions. When we return, we finish with the breaking news that came on Saturday during James Franklin's postgame press conference, how it affects the team, and much more. This is Locked On Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Seiko. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. To finish up this episode, uh, James Franklin shared some interesting news coming out of his press conference after the win against Northwestern, 17-7 the final. And I'll just cut right to the chase. Running back Devin Ford is no longer with the program. That comes at a big surprise. Well, he didn't get any carries, especially after Nicholas Singleton, Catron Allen, and Kevon Lee all fumbled. I expected at some point to see Devin Ford. Well, he wasn't on the sideline. Uh, and that's because he is not on the team anymore. Uh, James shared it in his postgame press conference uh, that he's focusing on academics because I think it's too late for him to enter the transfer portal and to try to get with a new program. First, it was Keziah Holmes, and now it's Devin Ford. That is bad for the running back depth chart. There's no other way to say it. You are now down to Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, and Kevon Lee. And we know that Kevon Lee was banged up against Auburn. He was held out of the Central Michigan game, whether that was to get him rest or because they felt like they didn't need him that day. Because again, what does Kevon Lee need to prove against a MAC team? when the team is projected to go to new heights this year. With that being said, it, it was helpful to have a veteran presence like Devin Ford. Cla recruiting class of 2019, like he was the old guy in the room. And now you, you just lose that. He was supposedly their best pass catcher. Essentially, you lose your best third down back, your best pass catcher out of the backfield. I, I hope that Singleton and Allen come a longer way with catching the ball out of the backfield, but Devin Ford was capable, was talented. I just don't think he liked that he was getting enough reps. He made the decision to stick around. He probably bought in that he will have an increased role as a veteran as these freshmen get used to everything, and Singleton and Allen just have come alive here in the first few weeks. And I thought by week four, originally, when we going through the offseason, I tried to tell as many people as possible that this Penn State coaching staff is in love with Singleton and Allen, and they can't wait to utilize them to the maximum possibilities. That happened a couple weeks sooner than I anticipated, but I am by no means surprised. Singleton was the National Gatorade Player of the Year, meaning that he was the best running back coming out of high school. Catron Allen was not too far down the list. Sure, he wasn't quote-unquote the best, but I think he was top 10, top 15, if I remember correctly. Devin Ford, you, you knew what you were going to get with him. I wish him all the best, and James Franklin said the same as well. But if he's quitting on the team and not truly necessarily focusing on his academics, that's just, it's rough for everybody. Not only Devin Ford, but it's rough for the team as well. I, I can't imagine that he was disliked or wasn't looked up to by any of the younger guys on the team. And you do lose that presence at the end of the day. 
Keziah Holmes wanted to jump ship early. He landed safely at Florida State. Now Devin Ford kind of has to live with his decision that he wanted to remain at Penn State rather than entering the transfer portal himself. I, I also wouldn't be surprised, and this is a completely different conversation, at the end of the season that Kevon Lee doesn't transfer. Why would you want to be running back number three behind Singleton and Allen when you are already two years ahead of them in eligibility? You have more college football to be played. Kevon Lee is definitely hopping in the transfer portal at the end of the season, and I don't blame him. Now, what does this mean for the current group of Allen, Singleton, and Lee? Next man up is Tank Smith, and Tank Smith was back there returning kicks, or at least back on kick return for Penn State against Northwestern. Tank Smith is a Division I running back, so you know that he's a heck of an athlete, but he's still not the best talent in this room. It is Allen and Singleton, and then Lee. They are obviously the ones that Penn State wants on the field. That's going to do it for me here on this edition of Locked on Nittany Lions. Tomorrow, we're going to talk a little more extensively of why Katron Allen did not see a single snap in the first half. That's interesting for a guy that was just named Big Ten Freshman of the Week not too long ago. Why was he not on the field for one single play in the first half, but took the first snaps on offense in the second half? We'll talk about that and more tomorrow. With Penn State having the bye week, there's plenty to go through this week about how the team can get better and much more leading up to Michigan. And we will do a little bit of early scouting as the week rolls along of the Wolverines, who do have an easy one against Indiana this week. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen. That's Locked On Big Ten. Thanks so much for listening. I am your host, Zach Seiko. I'll talk to you tomorrow here on Locked On Nittany Lines.